And these journeys, sometimes up the mountains, up to higher ground, take a number of months, and they can often be treacherous, wild animals, deep ravines, poisonous plants, stuff like that. And for this reason, I discovered that a lot of shepherds don't lead their flocks up into the mountains. They just let them stay in the fields, the fields that are almost bare, and let the flocks learn how to get by on less. But not a good shepherd. A good shepherd will always take his flocks to the higher ground, knowing that even though there's danger along the way, he's got to get them up there where those green pastures and those still waters are for the benefit of those sheep, for them to grow. Now, every mountain has its valleys, and the experienced shepherd knows how to lead them to the greener pastures, and so he leads them, even though it's a dark path sometimes, where these green pastures are. Even though it's dark and dangerous, he knows where he's going. And no doubt that's what David had in mind when he wrote those words, where we're up to today. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now today's message is very simply called confidence. It's the confidence that you and I can have in knowing that the shepherd is always with us, even during life's most difficult moments. Now, I can well think that even though Melissa can't really hear and comprehend that message, she's going to probably have a few of those days in her life. As I think about these young confirmands, you know, while life seems to be pretty good on a confirmation day, sooner or later, they're going to run into times, difficult times, and they too need to be remembering the confidence they can have in their good shepherd. Now, I want to kind of go through this passage a little bit at a time. I want to start with this phrase that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, stop and think about this for a moment. Without this verse, without verse 4, Psalm 23 would not seem very realistic. In fact, the first three verses, if you took them completely out of context, paint a very inaccurate picture of life. First three verses basically say, I have all I need. Every day I have green pastures. Every day I drink from still waters. I walk a righteous path, and I'm giving glory to God all the way. If Psalm 23 ended at verse 3, we would think that all of life is kind of like being at a Bible camp, singing kumbaya, praise the Lord, stuff like that. But David does not stop at verse 3. Instead, he adds those words, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, notice, he did not say, If I should someday encounter a dark valley. He says it in present tense reality. Though I walk. See, this is one of the most important lessons, I think, for believers to learn. It's this, you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death at some time in your life. You will. If you haven't and you aren't, (laughs) get ready, you will. Now, it's not because God abandons you at that time. It's not because the Christian life doesn't work. It's because valleys are just part of the journey. But know this. When you're walking with the shepherd, the dark valley always leads to higher ground. Now, I've known people who've entered the valley and never left it. you believe it? They entered the valley and they never left it. It was the death of someone close. It was a failed relationship. 
It was a financial crisis. It was some sort of a health problem. And these experiences can make life seem like a real dark valley. But instead of allowing that valley to make your life better, they have chosen to make life bitter. I've heard people say, they've told me point blank, Pastor, if this is the best God can do, forget it. I'll stay here. I don't mind if I'm angry. I don't mind if I'm in pain. I'm better off on my own. I've heard people say that in the midst of their valleys. Now, friends, I will not begin to pretend for a moment that the valley isn't dark and that the way that people wander in their life is not difficult. I will not pretend for a minute that I somehow have a quick and easy or magic answer to the question, why is this happening to me? I can only tell you, we all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But sometimes we get bogged down with that question, why? Why did things happen like they did in Japan? Why did things happen like they did in Haiti? Why, you know, what happens in Indonesia or New Orleans? I mean, why does the Mississippi River flood and, and drown out so many homes and property? Why did my friend have to die? Why did I have to lose my job? Why did my spouse leave? I, I mean, I've never met anybody. I have never met anybody who can adequately answer the question of why. But while we will never know how to answer the why, I think we can answer the question of how. How then should we respond to this valley? Now, I cannot explain to you why Japan was hit with an earthquake and a tsunami, but we know what our response should be as Christians, as a Christian nation, a nation that helps other people. We can't always explain why a friend is going through a crisis, but we can, we know the how. I mean, what should we do? We should demonstrate God's love and compassion for that person. You may not understand why you need to pass through the valley you're passing through today, but you can let God use this valley to lead you to higher ground on a personal life. You can use this valley somehow to draw you closer to God. David said, the valley of the shadow of death. What do you know about shadows? You ever stop and think about a shadow? Let me tell you three things I've learned about shadows. <laughs> it's kind of interesting things. Shadows are always bigger than the reality. Do you know a five-foot woman can cast a 12-foot shadow? See, our fear of the problem is almost always greater than the problem itself. The other thing I've learned is shadows cannot hurt you. Now, there's a big difference between being run over by the shadow of a big truck and being run over by the truck itself. I mean, shadows are an image without any substance. A shadow can certainly scare you, but a shadow can't hurt you. Here's the third thing I've learned about shadows. There is no shadow without a light somewhere. All that reminds me of is that the light of God is always there no matter what. Don't look at the shadow. You see a shadow, turn and look to the light, and guess what? The shadow disappears. It's gone. Here's the next part of this verse. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Anybody here suffer from fear? No, but man, what a stalwart group. Just a few of us cowards. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, you're Lutheran, that's right. You don't put your hands up very high. You know, a lot of people think that fear is some sort of an uncontrollable thing. You know, it took me a long time to learn that fear is a choice. It's a choice we make. Now, I always thought it was just an emotion that somehow we can't control fear. And yet, how many times in the Bible, here's a good question for you, how many times in the Bible does it say, fear not? How many times do you think it's in there? Well, if you've ever seen the movie Facing the Giants, you know the answer. It's 365. Isn't that interesting? One for every last single day of the year. Every day of the year we are reminded, fear not. With God, we have no reason to be afraid. I mean, think about how many times Jesus said, do not be afraid, only believe. David says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's talking about the same thing. Now, if you were really studying these scriptures, memorizing them, sometimes you look at them so closely you miss things, you've got to step back. But did you notice that David changes pronouns between verses 1 through 3 and verse 4? In verses 1 through 3, Jesus or David refers to the Lord as he. He. But now, in this verse, he says, for thou, you. You are with me. I mean, here is another secret of going through the valley. Get personal in your relationship with God. I remember a conversation I had with somebody a number of years ago who, who basically told me this story. He said, I, I was never, ever really disciplined in my prayer life. I was one of those people who kind of checked in about once a week with God and to say thanks for something I suddenly remembered or to ask for little favors uh, but my prayer life was very spotty and sporadic at best. He said, but then we had a real crisis in our family, and suddenly I was no longer checking in once or twice a week or once every couple of weeks. I was checking in almost every hour of every day. And he said, and I suddenly realized that I was no longer referring to God as Creator or King Eternal or the Lord God Omnipotent or the Most Holy Awesome whatever created the universe, I suddenly found myself calling him Father. I called him Dad. I called him Abba. Because he became very real to me in these difficult days. Now, some people get hung up on the question. Did God send that crisis into your friend's life so that they could grow in faith? But, you know, that goes back to the question of why again, doesn't it? The point is that when the crisis came, God was there to get that person through. And this young man discovered that God was not just the God of his religion. It wasn't just his God of Sunday morning, but he was his God every single moment of every single day. Now, we can certainly sing, our God is an awesome God. But you know something? Our God is also a personal God. He's a father. He's a friend. He's a caring and gentle shepherd. And even when you go through the most difficult times of your life, whatever they may be, you can know that this wonderful God is there with you. The Bible verse goes on and says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, shepherds in the days of David always carried two things with them. They carried a rod and they carried a staff. No good shepherd 
went anywhere without these two tools. And they were there for a specific purpose. The rod, if you will, kind of like a club. The shepherd had to use the club every once in a while because you know something about sheep? They can be pretty doggone contentious. A big sheep sometimes picks on a little sheep, and so the shepherd's rod might have to be used from time to time to get the big sheep to straighten up. Anybody been whacked by the great shepherd? <laughs> get back in line, Brendan. <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> hey, Pastor. Sometimes it happens. The shepherd's rod was also what he used at night when they came back, and he used to stand in the gateway, and as the sheep would come through, he'd put that right down, and he'd use it to separate the wool on the back of that sheep so that he could see whether there were any injuries that he had to take care of before he sent them out in the field. The rod also was used for protection. When a predator came approaching the flock, Anything from a lion or a bear to a poisonous snake, the shepherd would use that rod to beat off that attacker. Some of you may remember that when David went out to fight against Samson, or against Goliath, King Saul said, you can't do it. And David said, oh, really? He said, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after them and I struck it, whacking up. Can you imagine whacking a bear or a sheep, or a bear or a lion? And I rescued it. And it said, when they turned on me, now imagine, you got a bear hauling off a sheep, you club that thing over the head. The bear didn't like it. And David says, when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair and I beat it into submission. Well, actually, the Bible says, I struck it and killed it. That's more than beating it into submission. That's real submission. That's eternal submission. So the rod was used for correction and examination and protection. Now, you and I can count on God to do this to us even today. If you let him, he's going to correct you. If you wander off, he's going to poke you back in to the right direction. A good shepherd will not let his sheep wander into dangerous territory he will use this little rod to get people's attention. Now, Philip Keller, who wrote that book about a shepherd looking at the 23rd Psalm, said, the rod is a lot like God's word. How God's word examines us as well. When you heard Sue read those words before, it said, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, the woman of God, can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what God's Word does. Well, God, the shepherd also had probably what we more typically know of as a staff. Now, this, I, in fact, when I work on my sermons on Sunday morning, some, this is the way I stand. I sometimes lay my notes down. And I, I lean on my staff like an old shepherd, I guess. Well, the staff is really a thick club. It kind of looks like a weapon in a way. Long, slender stick. It's got a hook on the end. It's used to guide the sheep every once in a while, just kind of push them where they were supposed to go. Every once in a while, you'd kind of put the edge of that on the sheep's side and just say, you know, James, back over where you belong. 
for a little bit, just kind of a little nudge. And every once in a while, there'd be a sheep that would be running off. And the shepherd would say, uh-oh, little Garrett sheepy, get back over here. He'd grab him so he could get him close. Sometimes at night when they didn't want to be expected by the, inspected by the rod, the sheep would just, shepherd would just hook him, drag him a little closer so he could take a, a close look at them. Well, what else? He also used it sometimes to catch them. Do you remember that great famous picture? I mean, in the church I grew up back in St. John's in Seward, Nebraska, there was a big stained glass window, and it was Jesus climbing up the side of the mountain with that little sheep. You ever seen that picture, that stained glass window? In my church, the sheep had a little lamb had a smile on his face. I don't know why they did that. He should have looked really embarrassed. I mean, how did that little weasel get down there, that little sheep? But the shepherd had to go down there, got him where he wasn't supposed to go, got him all hooked up, and helped bring him back. Now, Keller says the shepherd's staff, now like the rod, was like the Bible, God's word. He said the shepherd's staff is kind of like the Holy Spirit. He comforts us, he gently leads us back where we belong. Even Jesus said, when the Spirit, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. He guides you, he draws you nearer to God, he, he kind of just takes care of you. Especially when your flesh is trying to get you away from God. And when you fall down, the Holy Spirit helps you get back up again. And as one of God's sheep, you can always count on the rod being there. You can always count on the staff being there. They will correct you. They will protect you. They will direct you. The Word of God will examine your heart. The Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll draw you ever closer to Jesus. Even when you're going through that valley of the shadow of death, you know the great shepherd is there with his rod and his staff. Now, every week I have given you a little assignment, homework, to help you put the principles of Psalm 23 into practice for your life. The goal is to help you be mindful of God throughout the day. I'm glad that some of you are doing that. I, I love the little emails where people will write back and say, I looked for the green pastures today and I found them. <laughs> I, I had one this last week that said, there, there was a time this last week, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was doing the right thing, parentheses, paths of righteousness. And when I realized what I was doing, I said, to God be the glory. Well, let me give you two more things to do this week. Number one, memorize verse four. Memorize verse four. There you go. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, of course... Jam it back up with verses 1 through 3. You should have done that by now. Somebody want to do verses 1 to 3 today? Okay. For his name's sake. I add on the last part. Okay, now you get on to verse 4. You do that. Repeat it every morning, the last thing at night. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down, all the way through. Every morning, every night. The second thing I would suggest you to do is to get personal with God. Personal with God. And by that, I'm just saying, remember how David used that personal pronoun. Begin every day. I mean, latch on to that little phrase this week. You are with me. In fact, I, I, would, I would like to see you plug that into your mind so that at the top of every hour... You might repeat that phrase. 
I mean, when it gets to be noon today, now I'll have the sermon done before then, by the way, in case you're getting worried. But when it gets to be noon today, that you maybe just kind of step back for a moment and you say, you are with me. And maybe you look at your watch, it's one o'clock today, you go, still with me, aren't you? You know, whenever you think about it, you look at your watch, you are with me. Now that means if you did that at the top of every hour uh, between now and next Sunday, you would probably remind yourself easily over a hundred times that God is with you. And if you take each moment then to reflect on his presence, you will indeed experience his presence. Whether you are walking through a valley or make that especially when you walk through the valley, you can know that God is with you and you will find comfort in his word and the Holy Spirit will lead you through the valley to higher ground. May God grant that for his son's sake. Amen. Well, let's stand for our blessing and our closing song. Now, dear friends, as we depart God's house today as the sheep in his kingdom, we follow the good shepherd.